I don't want a first year teacher or, you know, a fifth year, well, I guess third year teacher if we're talking, have the really terrible work-life balance I had for like my first five years. Like if we can help, um, you know, help you create that balance, that flow, that confidence and be ready to just take on any role that comes your way in teaching, then win-win. That was Rainbow Sky Creations co-founder, Alicia. And you are listening to episode number 18 of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now you all remember how scary your first days at school were. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to provide information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at beginner teachers and those who are aspiring to one day join the teaching profession. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. Rainbow Sky Creations was founded about five years ago when two good friends, Ashley and Alicia, had been teaching for a number of years and they realized that together they could put some thoughts onto paper and make some excellent resources to make life a little bit easier for beginner teachers. We fast forward now five years later and they have a website and an Instagram page filled with inspiration and resources to benefit not only beginner teachers but all teachers. They've got resources about reporting, organization, the seven habits of highly effective teachers, and even PRAC teachers can benefit from their job interview pack and their PRAC resource too. Today, we're very lucky to have Alicia on the show, and she'll be telling us a bit about her teaching career. She'll be giving us her five secrets to a successful first year as a teacher, and then at the end, we'll have a decent chat about how Rainbow Sky Creations resources can help you with your teaching. As always on the Teacher's Guide podcast, I asked our guest, Alicia, to start by telling us about one of the best lessons she's ever taught and one of the worst lessons she taught in her first year and what she learned from it. When I think about best lessons that I've taught, it would actually be a series of lessons. They would be the best lessons. So I'll give you an example. I I find they always include design and technology. So I love the creative side and where students can be creative. Mm. So probably my recent favorite lesson would be where I've got year threes and they're creating a mythical creature. And what they have to do is they have to design this mythical creature, but we interweave it between, um, I guess, with English, design and technology, um, Hass as well. So we're teaching them about biomes. They're creating a mythical creature that has to have um, these adaptations to survive in the biome. And then they're writing this information report, which then leads to them creating the um, actual biome that their creature is going to live in. Mm. So it becomes this series over, you know, usually a term and they're always my favorite lessons. But it's Great. multiple lessons. Yeah, and and it sounds like that's making an information report fun. Like, do they enjoy the bit about? Yeah, where they write totally. The you have kids who are like, "When are we writing? I want to finish my paragraph on my animals' um, biome, you know, or their habitat." Yeah. And you're like, "Okay, yeah, we're getting on to writing." And yeah, in all honesty, writing is one of my least favorite subjects to teach. So mm. if it's fun for them and fun for me, win-win. yeah, that's a win-win. 
Perfect. So that's uh, that's a good example of your best ever lessons, lessons that go well. Thinking mm. back to your first year, because lots of the audience who are listening to this are first-year teachers, is there a lesson that went the complete opposite way and didn't go so well? Of course. And mm. was there a lesson just last year in my yeah. like 13th yeah. year of teaching that didn't mm-hmm. go well? Of course. Mm. I think it's a rite of passage as a teacher mm. and allows you to reflect and adapt and improve. I would have to say, going back, it would have been a collaborative task that I set for my students in my first year. Mm. And it was mayhem. It was just chaos. So I've set up a science experiment thinking in my head, yeah, I've got the materials. Um, I know what our teaching objective, you know, the learning objective is. I've got them broken up into groups. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to mm-hmm. rock and roll. But little did I know, I hadn't set up great routines or structure in my classroom or expectations. So when that science experiment happened, there were kids everywhere. There was arguments. There was like scrambling to get the materials and my classroom looked like a bombsite. And I actually don't really think there was great learning. It was just more me learning how not to do it next time and how to better equip them. But yeah, yeah, I, it, it made me realize how important routine structure and explicit teaching yeah. um, is in the classroom. But Definitely. Yeah, I, I think I finished that day with a migraine. <laughs> I'm sure you did. That, sound, that sounds very stressful. I, I had a similar lesson that was a science lesson and I was trying to use flour and water to show how a volcano, you know, shows the lava yeah. going out. But I hadn't assigned roles. I hadn't told them what to do once they were done. I didn't even tell them how to clean up. And yeah, no, it, it's no. a disaster. <laughs> And I think it wasn't until I found the primary connection books like 10, 12 years ago and I went, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so so now do you spend the first few weeks of term teaching those expectations and those routines? Absolutely. I've Mm. become so set on that first couple of weeks being critical of those routines, expectations Mm. and it, it allows for everybody to be on the same page. You're creating those boundaries so you know when kids are pushing beyond those boundaries, you know when to rein them in. And mm. it allows them to know where they stand and they can start to feel comfortable mm. um, in, in those circumstances. And I guess it made me really, really realise that important element of the modelling and mm. getting the kids to be part of that process and how explicit teaching can just be short and sharp but so powerful. So... Mm. Absolutely. Routines, Mm. expectations. And do you know what? I make sure I revisit them um, at the start of every term or even when the wheels start to fall off at the end of the term and just be like, come on, guys, let's get together. What's what's not going well? And let's work this out together as a class. Yeah. And it's good even to have them somewhere visible in the room. A teacher I work with showed me this and she just had a big poster on the wall with what they do uh, for science, what they do for Hass. And then when a student's playing up, she could just sort of point to the poster and they knew, okay, that's why I'm in trouble. Absolutely. And I think it's good to know that at times you're going to have one that's more prominent than others. Mm. And at times where you might go, all right, a little subsection of it where you pull it apart and go, how do we work on our collaboration skills? Like what does Mm. that look like? And then you can kind of brainstorm that together. Then when you're like, you're saying you're approaching those science experiments, you know, uh, hands-on activities, you Mm. can really be able to get to the nitty gritty and then go, all right, let's celebrate who was showing that. What do we need to work on? I guess it's all those learning skills. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that, that's really good advice, I think, for any beginner teachers. Just never underestimate the power of teaching those routines again and again. Absolutely. And it's getting yeah. the kids on board and, and, and raising those questions going, how do you think this is going in the classroom? Mm. And I think sometimes a lot of new teachers might think you can only do that in the upper primary, but you've got kids in year one, even in prep, who are able to actually go, well, I don't feel it's going well because people are everywhere and I can't say what I need to say. And yeah, and I think we need to let them know that they have that element of autonomy in the classroom yeah. where they do feel um, heard and valued um, Definitely. as well. Definitely. It's yeah. Really important. And, and that's a really good segue into the next part of our conversation today. And that's about the secrets to, I'll start again, the secrets to a successful first year as a teacher. And I think there are 1,000 secrets. Yes. Uh, but, but you have done the impossible task of bringing them down to five. So look, absolutely. I think yeah. I'm one where if I have too many to go through myself, I get overwhelmed and of feel course. like I'm not doing any of them well. Mm. So if we narrow it down to five, I believe it's totally achievable for all new teachers. And I would even say as a teacher of many a years that yes. I still need to remind myself of this at the beginning mm -hmm. of the year. Yep, certainly. So certainly. first one would be you need to look at getting organized. So when I say getting organized, what systems do you have to keep your personal space organized? So where's your central location for your to-do list? Like everything you need to get done, where is that going to be? Like most often you're going to pop it in your daily work pad or your teacher planner. You might even go digital and have it, um, you know, linked with your phone and your computer, but making sure you've got that central location for your organization. So, you know, all right, that's what I need to get done because this is what's happening in the week. And then that links in when you're talking about getting organized, how are you going to have your different files set up in your classroom? Where mm. are all your papers going to go? Mm. I think, I think as a new teacher, you don't always recall during prac how much paper and stuff is coming into teachers. Yeah. So yep. what's your filing system looking like? You know, are you going to have a little filing system? Are you going to have it set up behind your desk? Um, are you going to try and you know, recycle the paper and make it digital mm -hmm. um, and set up really good digital files on your um, computer. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. really getting organized is a great, a great thing to start with from the beginning. Don't be like me and get five years in and go, oh, this is what it should be like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And in your 13 years of teaching, have you noticed a difference between, have you, have you noticed a difference in more digital filing and digital resources than when you started 13 years ago? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I used mm. to go into the library to hunt for the Rick publications and yep. like get, you know, there's my HASS plan, you know, there's my science plan. Like nothing mm. was really digital at all. Mm. And then mm. just something kind of changed. I guess I'm trying to think back um, like when I'm headed overseas to Dubai would have been the, oh, 20, 2011 and I was mm. starting to meet a lot more international teachers who were kind of like you know teachers from England and South Africa and New Zealand and they're like oh look at these like resources you can get online and teachers pay teachers are becoming popular and you started yeah. to realize oh my gosh there's so much I can access now digitally mm. and in comparison to maybe just the you know last four years I don't think I've even picked up one of those books mm. it's just been all searching online yeah. so Absolutely. Create a system for your folders on your computer. 
Um, and I found for me it worked by setting it up by the subject. And then I would kind of then go, like, say if it was maths, I would then go, this is my number folder. And then yep. even with my planning, I would then have, all right, this is week one and these are the activities we used. Or mm. this is week one and here's my interactive whiteboard, um, you know, smart board activity. Mm. Just so when I go back, I can go, oh, there it is. That's yep. it. Yep. So. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Get those, organized. Of course. Yeah. So that's a good first tip, getting organized. Number two. The number two, we kind of touched on it already, is spending mm. time setting up routines and expectations. Yep. Absolutely. You want to go through that whole process of, you know, this is, you know, I'll model it, then you model it, then we'll kind of, you know, we'll do it all together. And it's mm. those first two weeks are really critical at setting those expectations and mm. just continually reinforcing them in a positive, encouraging way. And if you're noticing that any students are playing up or not follow, or not following an expectation, you kind of want to then focus on the kids who are making those great choices because... Mm. I guess we kind of forget what a great um, role model and influence the students are to each um, other in the yes. classroom. Yep. So, yeah. and going through, like we said, if you set those expectations, the kids know where their boundaries are. They know what's expected of them. Mm. It helps the flow of your classroom, which mm. leaves you open for more learning yeah. and opportunity to build those relationships as well. And just, yes. gosh, have some fun in the classroom. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. You can get a little bit stressed when things don't feel like they're going mm. well. That whole mm -hmm. energy can really cause chaos. So definitely, yeah. And setting it, those it routines, that balance. Yeah, and setting those routines early means that you can have fun with the kids in term three and four. Whereas I, in my first year, I was at a PD, and in October of that year, we were saying that there was a whole table of us, and we were saying we are now the grumpy teachers. Uh, because we made that classic first year mistake of going in day one and being like the fun teacher and not not knowing that we had to do routines every day. So by the time term four came around, we were all just grumpy because the kids were misbehaving. So yeah, taking time Absolutely. to set those You're routines. Like, give them an inch and they take yeah, a mile or exactly. a kilometer. And yeah, got to keep that leash on. So I think that's Absolutely. that's great. Absolutely. And like revisit it. And you might mm. even find with the cohort that you have, you only have to revisit it like once in that year. Mm. Um, but yeah, those routines, expectations are so powerful in the classroom. Mm. So and any, any age group can do it too. Cause obviously you do routines with prep, but my old principal, cause I work at a five to 12 school, he would make his year 12ers stand in two lines outside the classroom waiting for him. And when he got there and he did it until the end of term four, if the year 12s were not in two lines, he'd make he'd just stand there and wait until they stood in two lines. It was fantastic. Absolutely. And I love those mm. kids because I'm a bit spontaneous and kind of like to deviate off the off topic and what's mm. expected of us. But you've got some of those kids who would just be like, Miss, this isn't what we do. We're yeah. supposed to do this first and yeah, then this. Yeah. I'm like, oh great. Yes. Yes. I have taught it so well that they're now teaching mm -hmm. me and each other. Yeah. Why are you using the blue pen? That's for maths. <laughs> The black Absolutely. pen is for this. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So we've got getting organized and working on routines. What's our third yes. tip for a successful first year? The next one I would say is in your week, you want to allocate time to prepare and plan. So as mm. teachers, we're given, I guess, dot, I call it dot time, duties other than teaching. Mm -hmm. And what's worked really well for me, and it's something I've only really mastered in I guess the last half of my teaching is allocating a time in that week to go, all right, this is my block or my 40 minutes where I'm just going to focus on what I need to, where my head, my, 
I should say, where my mm. class is heading next week. So when I finish on a Friday, I don't want to be starting Monday going, what are we doing this week? Mm, so yeah. allocating a time, it can just be one dot period, or you might find it works better for you coming into work early and just having like one hour in the morning for you mm. to prep what, what you're going to prepare next week, what rotations you might, or resources you might need to get yep. organized. Um, and it might even be an afternoon. I was actually one who would spend a Friday afternoon. I mm. would just go through, all right, this is what we're doing. This is what I need to get organized because then it allowed me to think back where, where were the kids at and where do I want them to go next? That's, so yeah, start creating a habit yep. um, of creating that block and it allows mm. you to kind of batch out that work. So, you know, mm. I'm, that's my sole focus and I'm not going to have any distractions and I'm going to be yeah. really productive and you'll yeah. find it will not go for five hours over the week, but exactly. just a shorter period of time. Yeah. And it now, takes practice. Like you may not does. nail that or master it in that first year, but mm. if you cr create that habit um, of doing that, you'll find you'll be a lot more happy and balance teacher I yeah. think that's the key word we're really looking for as teachers is creating that balance because yep. our job is never done we could be doing no. it 24 7 exactly we could be creating resources all the time and I like yeah. what you said about you know where you're going next week because if we don't know where we're going then how can we expect the students to know where they're going and why no. they're doing this lesson so that that's a really good tip to to uh, know what's coming yeah. next I think it comes in with like along that lines, if you've got you have that pacing guide to show in that beginning of the term, you've gone through and gone, all right, this is what I'm hoping to achieve in my eight, you know, eight to 10 week period. Yep. And then you've got that there. And it's always something I would have at the beginning of my daily work pad that I mm. could go through and be like, tick it off and go, did we achieve that in grammar? Did we move yep. on to that part in writing? And then you can look through and have that one to two hour period. If you give yourself that time to go, all right, this is what we're going to do for next week. So mm, yeah, yeah, fantastic. That will hopefully help with any lesson planning fears of just going, just give yourself mm. a big block to focus on it. Definitely. And so just on a practical level for you, Friday afternoons worked. That was a good time. It did when I done. wasn't a mother. I don't yeah, think it would yeah. work now. I actually, yeah. I, I think I was one very guilty of, um, I guess I'm a morning person. So I would go mm. into work early. Mm. So I would be... I hate to say this, I'd be at work at seven o'clock in the morning yeah. because I knew yeah. no one would be there and there wouldn't be any distractions. So yeah. I could put like half an hour aside in the morning to just prep all everything. So I felt smooth sailing and I wasn't going to get stressed in the day. Mm. And then maybe I might go in um, on that Wednesday, one Wednesday morning, I'd be like, all right, I've got between seven o'clock and eight o'clock. I'm going to prep my morning. Um, mm. I'm not yeah, morning. Perfect. Sorry. I'm going, I'm going to prep for that week. Yeah. Um, yeah which worked well. And I think as well, sometimes we forget the power of planning and allocating time for planning, the power of planning with your, um, your colleagues. So if Definitely. you've got a grade partner, yeah. find time in both your timetables mm. um, where you can say, Hey, if we get together, you know, period three on a Thursday, we can sort out what we need to get, what we plan to do next week, and mm. we can divvy out the the roles. And definitely, I've had years where that hasn't worked just because of, um, I guess, personalities between mm -hmm. teachers. But I've had mm. probably probably majority of the time it's worked really well, where yeah. you kind of work together. Like yep. you shouldn't have to be planning all the lessons. Like work with your grade no. partner. Yeah, 
Two heads yeah. are better than one, right? Definitely. Yeah. And divvying things up, that, that's that's a great tip. That's how we do it. We we get the Hass unit and then I do these lessons. My teaching partner does these lessons and it comes together and they're different. They're interesting because different people have planned them and yeah, it just, it's a lot and more efficient way to mm-hmm. do it. That's it. You work to your mm. strengths. And I think sometimes, I think going in as a new teacher when I was back in the day, I actually thought mm. it was it was me having to do everything. Mm. Um, mm. But I'm so glad things have changed. <laughs> things have they, changed they definitely in time. Have. Yeah. And I think yep. some teachers might go, oh, but what if I don't want to do maths for the whole year? Then you have a chat and you go, oh, I'd love to plan English for term three and, mm. you know, mix it up so you get a variety of exposure to the curriculum because that's really mm. important as an educator. Definitely. All right. So we've got... Make time in your week to to spend some time planning. Prepare and plan. We can call it. Yeah. Perfect. Prepare Prepare and plan. So the next one point links in to record your assessment data. Mm, (laughs) What I find is I have been guilty in the past of coming to report writing time and going, oh, my gosh, I've got it all in my head, but where's the evidence? So Mm -hmm. I think if you start to create that habit beginning in term one, where you start recording the data, so whether or not you record it in a assessment book or in your term planner at the back, or you Mm -hmm. um, record it digitally, I probably do both. I do Mm. paper and then transfer it digitally. Mm. Having that recorded, because it's going to one, help with your lesson planning, Mm. help with your grouping, but it's going to help alleviate so much stress during report writing season um, in term two and term four. Yeah, for sure. Now, big time. I I made it through in my first year, I made it through term one and two without crying um, until it came to two days before reports were due and I realized I hadn't recorded the term one results. I thought it was just a term two report, but it was a semester report. And I sat there, it was like 9 p.m. at night and I just went, Where are these results? I had to go to school and find them the next day. So for me, Excel has worked really well. I just have a a page for each subject. And then even for recording when they've handed their homework in and not, it just gives you more things to talk to parents about. Absolutely. And I Mm. think sometimes you might think that it has to be a numerical value or it has Mm. to be a grade value. It can be as simple, like I use a symbol system of kind of, you know, like, you know, three ticks means they've kind of mastered it. Two ticks means, you know, they're where I want them to be. And one tick means, you know, we've got areas to work through. And I talk about as well um, in our um, program, I use a triangle system too. So I I find if you create even little symbols or acronyms that work for you, especially with Mm. those nosy kids, if Mm. you've got that clipboard and they like to look over your shoulder and go, hang on a second, miss, I'm pretty sure I've mastered it, but you don't think I have. So then they're None the wiser. Yeah, yeah, that, very clever. I like it. So, yeah, that, that's fantastic. Re- record your assessment data from day one yeah. that, and find a system that works for you. Absolutely. That's really good. And mm. um, that's going to help take a lot of stress out, which is the aim. Definitely. So, that's number four. So, yep. set up a system to record your data from the get go. Mm-hmm. And then, number five is one I think is so important in your first year it's finding a mentor or yeah. someone in the teaching world that you can go to to for guidance or just to share that you had a terrible day mm. or have a vent, have a cry, have a laugh, I don't mm-hmm. know, a chalky bicky or a t- cup of tea yeah. or a giant glass of wine. Yep. I think it's really important that in those first years you're not expected to do it on your own. So 
and finding someone in it, it could be even one of your um, people that you did, went to university with yep. it could be yep. ideally if it's someone at your school because then they get the whole dynamic of your school yeah um, yep. or it can be even nowadays with the um, technology and social media it could be someone completely external that you make mm. a connection connection with online that mm. works better for you so yeah. Yeah. Definitely find someone that you can go to for support. And it doesn't, I guess it doesn't even have to be one person. If you find you've mm. got a couple of people, that's even great. Mm. But even if you can just find just one um, solid person. Yeah, definitely. And and what I found, I was sort of nervous to ask for help. But what I found now is that teachers who've been teaching for a while actually like it when people come to them and say, hey, can I talk to you about this? It's, uh, yeah, I've, I've never come across a teacher who is not happy to sit and listen to someone or give give some advice or tell a story from their own first year of teaching. I think, Absolutely. Yeah, so don't be afraid to ask because teachers I, actually like being asked to help. Absolutely, and I think sometimes, um, you know, when you are asked you, and you start sharing and talking, you're like, oh, wow, I've really learned quite a bit during yeah. my years of teaching. Yeah. Oh, I have improved. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All that reflection time mm. has really mm-hmm. paid off. <laughs> mm, definitely. Now, that, that's great. Um, find a mentor. So, so I will write down all of those five tips in the show notes so if people forget them. Uh, and if you're driving at the moment and you wish that you had a pen in front of you, don't worry. Just open up the show notes and you can see those five tips written there. And now, Alicia, while we have you here as well, I would love to talk about some of the resources that you have made because I've scrolled through your Instagram and it appears that all of the questions I had in my first year could have been really answered by a lot of the resources you have. You've got resources for job interviews, seven habits of highly effective teachers, organization, and you've just released a new program for transforming your first year. So can you tell us a little bit about your resources and how they can help us in our teaching classrooms. Absolutely. So I can't take full credit for this because as mm-hmm. you know, I also work with Ashley's. Mm-hmm. So it's probably been over and I should say Ashley and I um, have been working together for, oh my gosh, it's nearly five years now yeah. where I yep. said, hey, I've got this idea. Let's go start creating some teacher resources. Mm-hmm. So we started off really creating, um, focusing on um hands-on engaging activities where we're looking Mm. at predominantly we love maths both Ashley and I and then building a community classroom so lots of things relating to social and emotional needs and it's kind of evolved over the years where we've started to create a series of resources really targeted to teachers Mm. so exactly like you're talking about our first year survival guide for teachers who are just starting out. We've got our um, prac guide for our pre-service teachers. Fantastic. Um, Accreditation we just um, opened up last year. So that guide. So if you're going through your proficient teacher accreditation, we've got some Mm. um, tips and ideas like classroom setup, job interviews, even if you're going on maternity leave, um, we've put some guides there. And I guess, um, what we found was they're becoming really popular because I think a lot of the times where you look at online teacher stores, they're predominantly not in Australia. And I think in the last five years or so, there's been a really great surge of great Australian educators sharing Mm. their wisdom, which Mm -hmm. then allows for us to have a base, like Aussie teachers have a base to go to, to get really curriculum aligned Mm. um, activities and learning. Um, for Mm. your class and for yourself Mm. Um, 
And yeah. just recently, Ashley and I created our digital course called Transform Your First Years. Fantastic. And that's where we've kind of taken that first year survival guide and mm-hmm. really pulled it apart to um, the seven pillars of key teaching. So where we kind of pull apart on the, if you're like me and you need help getting organized, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like your classroom management, your behavior management, classroom setup, um, lesson planning tips. Mm-hmm. And I guess really I haven't even talked like your parent communication, which is a really huge part of teaching. Yeah. So yeah, there's oh even assessment and reporting. We give you some practical tips and ideas on how to include that all in your classroom and right. what, what we do for report writing, which I have taken yeah. years to master, but I okay. think I've mastered it all now. Right. Yeah, very good. So yeah. it sounds like from prac students right up to people who are already in the classroom, there's there's a resources that, that can help them. Yeah, absolutely. You mm. could be in your, you know, in your zero years or even in your 20th year, there's something yep. there to help you. And I think that's the great thing about teachers is we're always looking at refining and improving and involving um, with how we can do things better to support mm. those kids in our care. So mm. Excellent. I, think that, I think that's why it's so exciting. I always yeah. loved about teaching was that it was no day was ever the same. And I feel... No. That's the whole beauty of the profession. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, it never gets boring. I, I, no. I don't think there's a bored teacher in the world. No. Uh, it, it's definitely not a boring job. And so have you had some positive feedback from teachers who've used your resources? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, mm. it's been really amazing to see the feedback to the point where some students, uh, not students, I should say, some of our alumni from this year um, have gone, this was like more valuable than our four years at university. I'm like, yeah. no, stop it. It really can't be. Like, I know you mm-hmm. got had such great lecturers, but mm. I think what's been really, I think, refreshing for those who have done our course is that how real Ashley and I are. Like, mm. what you see is what you get. And we're yep. not going to really, I guess, beat around the bush and like we're going to be brutally honest with how much we fumbled and what Mm. we've really struggled with and how we've tried to improve it. And we just want to share with other teachers how they can make their teaching life so much, I guess, easier. I don't, I don't want a first year teacher or, you know, a fifth year, I guess, third year teacher, if we're talking, have the really terrible work-life balance I had for like my first five years. Yeah. Like if we can help, um, you know, help you create that balance that flow, that confidence, and be ready to just take on mm. any role that comes your way in teaching, then oh, win-win. Like, yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, Actually, sure. by the end of our lives that we do or activities, I end up having little goosebumps and saying yeah. to Ashley, oh, my gosh, I'm so pumped and excited to keep sharing. And, yeah. just, and it's great when we get that feedback from the new teachers are telling us, you know, what areas they need to work on or, you know, what they're struggling with. It makes you go, oh gosh, yeah, I had the same struggles. This is what I did. And mm-hmm. everyone's really open to hearing yeah. your ideas, which is nice. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So I'll, I'll put the link to your digital course and to the Rainbow Sky Creations social media and website in the show notes so people can find you. Great. And uh, if, if, if someone has a question, can they DM you via your Facebook or Instagram Absolutely. Um, mm. Ashley's always there manning um, Instagram. So okay. I occasionally yep. pop in and just see what all the chat's about. And when she's busy with her three little ones, I sometimes step in. Or you've got Facebook. You can even through our um, our website, um, our mm. blog, I should say, you can always email us. So we are always happy to 
answer any questions and share our pearls of wisdom, we would like yeah. to say. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Well, Alicia, thank you for your time on the podcast today. You've given us some really just practical tips that, um, in fact, you've made my job very easy. So writing today's show notes will be very easy because you've you've been so uh, clear with your with your tips. So thank you for coming on the show, and also thank you for all of the resources you've made. Uh, honestly, uh, the Rainbow Sky Creation Instagram page it should be one of the first places a new teacher goes, just because there's so many practical things there. So thanks for coming on the show, and all the best for your future endeavors. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having us on here, Zach. I'm speaking That's for Ash- on Ashley's behalf as well. So it's yep. been a great pleasure. Thank you. No worries. All right. All the best. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. For sure. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Look, if you haven't yet liked Rainbow Sky Creations on Instagram, I encourage you to go and do that right now. Have a look at those resources and I can guarantee you there is something there that will help you in your teaching this term. If you haven't yet liked the Teacher's Guide podcast also on social media, please go and do that. And you might even like to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give me a rating while you're there. Five would be preferable. Wherever you are in your teaching career, I wish you all the best. And please join us next week for episode number 19 of the Teacher's Guide podcast. 